Sean. Good morning, church. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my taste. How many of you like to eat this uh, semi-cooked pig's liver? <laughs> oh, those slices are soft with some red blood dripping there. And then when you eat it in your mouth, it tastes like a powdery form. You know, those kind of things. Yep. Anyone of you like them? Any diehard? Yep. Let me tell you my story. When I was younger, okay, I, I, I did not eat it because uh, I was very scared about these things that are not cooked you know, or semi-cooked or sometimes even too raw to be eaten. But over the years, as I encouraged uh, by other people that I begin to taste a little, I started by eating the overcooked ones. You know, when it's overcooked, it becomes very hard. Yeah. It's only that when it's just cooked, that's where most people will like it, right? That it becomes very powdery. You know? So I tried the overcooked one and I find it a little bit tough, a little bit hard. Mm, but then, not too bad. Lah. Still can be eaten, right? Yeah. So you just chew a little bit longer. So over time, uh, as people encourage me more and more, and I begin to eat it and venture to eat the semi-raw one, the half-cooked one. And you know, those, like those that uh, they, they cut the slices and they bury it in the hot porridge, or they put it in the hot noodles, those type, yeah. You go and eat the pork noodle, you will have these slices there. And so when I begin to eat it, hey, not so bad, uh, it's getting good now. So I begin to enjoy eating it. So now eating those slices is not an issue anymore. So it is, to me, a step-by-step -step venture. And now it is quite nice to eat after all, right? Some of these things you don't try, you don't know. So when you eat it, you begin to find that, hey, not so bad. Uh. But I do not know about the rest of you, but I begin to like it now. Yep. So in the beginning, I was apprehensive. But then as I begin to uh, change my mindset, as I begin to experience it more, I find that eating them now is not a question anymore. I begin to enjoy it. So it's an exercise of experience. You go through that process of learning, experiencing it, and then it becomes comfortable with you. So as we develop more and more the experience with a particular subject, we begin to be comfortable with it and then now we know how to handle that issue. Now we are still preaching on the theme of dare to believe for this whole month of January. And we will start preaching on the uh, IDMC uh, 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 emphasis on release from February onwards. And dare to believe is to challenge us to press in to really go in, to experience God in all of our circumstances, there to believe God for changes. And this is a challenge to encounter. It's a challenge for all of us to encounter God, to move in, and I trust that all of us will be daring in faith to win over all of our situation. Daring enough to see God to come into the picture where we are struggling with where we find hesitation, when there are hardship on us, we invite God, we daringly 
commit it to God and we act it out. And these two years, uh, these two years are going to be different as we see the miraculous unfold as we continue to press in on this theme of dare to believe. And it's going to be a great time reclaiming that which we were all afraid of when we see them. Reclaiming it to find victory for ourselves. And this morning, I want to preach on how is it possible when we believe? How is it possible when we believe? And there are many reasons why we were not having breakthrough. And we want to learn from some of the people recorded in the Bible for us so that we will be having a living faith that works for us. That it will not just be a theory or just be a record in the Bible, but it's something that really works for us. And we're going to learn from some of these people. And we all know that God is still on the throne and we as His people are not defeated by circumstances. Praise the Lord that we have victory because Jesus is victorious and we are on His side. And so because of that, we can really dare to believe God in our circumstances. We press in. We want to encounter God this morning. So the title of my message is, Why Don't We Believe? It's just a question like that, straightforward, posed to us. Why don't we believe? And I'm going to preach from this team verse that we have been uh, touching on. Pastor Ming has touched on some of this. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24 says that if you can say Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. There's something that is a bit mind-boggling. He believed, and he said that, help me overcome my unbelief. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We pray the Lord that you would speak to us. Bless us that we may have ears to hear and hearts to listen. Pray the Lord that you will rest upon us. The Lord, that after this, Lord, hearing your word, we will be there to believe you in many things. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, we pray, as we commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Now, by now, we, I think that we are all very familiar with the background of this team verse. Okay? Jesus was teaching his disciples about his death and resurrection. Okay? If you read earlier on the chapter 9, then you will understand that it is about his death and resurrection. And he took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on the mountain. Now in Israel, they call those mountains, huh? but they haven't seen real mountains yet. Okay? Yeah. Those high hills. So they brought these three uh, disciples up on the, on the mountain there, on the mountain top. And there they met with Moses and Elijah and they appeared and, the, and, the, and it recorded for us that the clothes of Jesus shine, shine as white as snow, as, as white as anything that people can bleach it. And they met with and they saw Moses and Elijah and heard the confirmation of the plan of God for Jesus through the voice in the cloud. God's voice says that 
This is the plan that this is his beloved son in whom he is pleased. And in short, he will be, you know the story, he will be arrested, okay, arrested by the authorities. He will be condemned to death by the Roman governor. And then he will be killed. He will be uh, crucified by the Roman soldiers. And it will be a spectator for people to see because the Romans in their practice, when they crucify people, they will crucify along the thoroughfare where there is intersection, where there are people walking and passing by that everybody can see the crucifixion. They do that and after three days, he will rise from the dead. Jesus will rise from the dead. And death will be conquered because he rose from the dead. Death has no power to hold him down. Death has no power over him because he is the Lord God Almighty. He has the power over death. And people from that act will be redeemed. People from that onwards who believe on the sacrifice of Jesus will be saved. And so further on, believers will gain the extra favor from God. And for now on, after 2,000 years, we get have the, we can have the extra favor from God and we will experience Him. We experience God in new ways, not in the old ways, but that will bring much abundant living, meaningful living for all of us. It will not just be believing in the mind, but it is becoming experiential. And God will make all things possible for us when we believe. When we are committed to His will, but as Pastor Ming said that it is not a blank check. It is when we are committed to His will, we will experience the miraculous on a daily basis. And all of us have to be committed to the will of God. Therefore, when we live according to His will, and we are entitled to overcome obstacles by our faith, we are entitled to overcome them. His death and resurrection make all these things possible for us. Nothing that we can do that will inherit the favor of the Lord, but it's all by grace that has been given to us. We can all claim the miraculous and breakthrough for ourselves now. You know, it is not what Jesus was telling that father, quoting him. He's the father asked. If you can, it sounds so doubtful, no? It sounds so impossible. You ask Jesus, and you ask in such a way, if you can, that means you've got no faith lah, in the first place when you ask like that. Alright? Yeah. So Jesus replied and quote him, if you can, he said, all things are possible. It is no more doubtful anymore. Things can happen because of faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, how is it possible when we believe? First of all, overcoming the challenge of fear. Overcoming the challenge of fear. I want to bring you back to Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 to 9. Numbers chapter 14 is the incident that uh, after Moses sent the 12 spies into Canaan land, and after they went out, they spied the land, Okay, they have the assignment given to them to see the people, see how big is their city, 
see whether they are fortified, they are strong, and what are the produce of the land, and how the people live, and now they come back to report back to Moses. They come and give a report. And the report was only two were favourable. Ten were not favourable to go in and possess the land. So for the ten spies, the challenge to overcome the people of the land with the giant Anakites were too overwhelming. They say that, and they confess that they are grasshoppers in their sight. They look so small. They look so useless. Lah. Put it that way. It was just too big a challenge to tackle for them. And the natural uh, fearful emotion came in and no wonder the ten spies, the ten spies were actually leaders of the community. They were not just anybody that Moses called upon. It was somebody, some people that are respectable, honourable, some people who have uh, really uh, showed themselves that these are the people that have been chosen to go and spy the land and these are the, 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 the noted people of the tribe. They think it, it was impossible to go in and take the land. Now if the leader say cannot, what about the common people? So at that moment, all their miraculous experiences of God in their wandering vanished away. Now they came out from Egypt. The miraculous deliverance did not establish in them their faith except only on these two persons, Joshua and Caleb. God was present and seen among them, but their fear overcame their dependencies on God. Our fear often paralyzes people and they become negative. They become depressed. They become oppressed, compressed and confused and all those words that you can think of. Fear often paralyzes people and they become negative and irrational. Cannot even think straight. And reading from this passage, we also see how fear becomes contagious as it spread among the whole community. They came out from Egypt and their destination was to the promised land. And now they are talking about let's uh, uh, elect a leader and go back to 400 years of slavery. And they are willing to go back to 400 years of slavery, never mind of not getting what we wanted. But let's go back. That was so irrational. And what disappointment and irrational reaction coming from a group of people who have seen and experienced the Almighty God. Sometimes it blows our mind. But because fear is very powerful. Okay? Fear is very paralyzing. And let me share with you my experience. As a young teen, I experienced May 13, 1969 in KL. And many days after the initial upheaval, we continue to have very real attack threats of racial annihilation. My location that I stay was surrounded on many sites by purported attackers. You know, at some times, shouts and banging of tin cans and people raising their voices 
uh, they raised the fear factor of the coming attack to another level. I was a teenager. It became very frightening and very scary. And in that tense moment, I froze. I froze. My leg cannot move. Like that the legs have grown roots into the ground. I want to run but cannot run. A face become pale. And breathing was difficult. Heart rate become erratic. It was difficult because I was gripped with fear. I don't know how many of you have been gripped with fear before. And if you have that experience, you will understand what it means that fear can paralyze us. Fear is hard to handle when it took a hold on us. And so this group of 10 spies, they spread the bad report to the rest of the community and everybody started to cry and wail and become depressed and wanted to return home to Egypt, return back to slavery. What then is the antidote of fear? And the antidote of fear is faith. The antidote of fear is faith. Faith not on anything else, but on the true and the living God. Faith on the true and the living God. We can place faith on many non-essential things and even on the wrong things. And we know that this is true. We need to place faith on Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. And let me remind ourselves of who He is. Just a few names of that would really comfort us. Because He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the mighty God. There's no one beside Him. There is no rival to Him. He is the counselor. He's able to lead and to guide. He is the prince of peace when there is no peace. He is the only saviour. There is none that can save us. He is the redeemer. He has taken us back from the influence of the evil. He is the soon and coming king. Praise the Lord. We are expecting him. And he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the shepherd of my soul. Praise the Lord. You know, just the mention of the name of Jesus will really give us comfort and build our faith. We can go through many experiences in life, many hardships, difficulties, challenges. But at the mention of the name of Jesus, we thank God that there are so many names of God that is mentioned in the Bible. And if ever we take some experiences just to memorize those names of Jesus, it really quietens our striving heart. It really grants us peace. It really grants us faith. Just the mention of His name gives us hope and raise our faith level. So we need to learn to recite the name of God and we will find comfort and faith. That's why the antidote of fear is faith. People have faith in money as they say, money is king, right? But we know that we cannot buy back help with money. So money also cannot save. So I say to you, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
Faith is above fear. And we can defeat fear just by having faith in Jesus, in the person of Jesus, in the Son of the living God, the one that loved us and saved us, have faith in Him. Knowing who God is, give assurance to us. Yes, just the mention of His name. Jesus gave us life and life in abundance and we can claim all the promises of God that has laid out for us. The challenge are to help us to build our faith. You know, we face challenges. Okay? There's always challenges. There's every time there is always challenges that we face. There's always something that is different that we will face. But don't shortchange ourselves. God is on our side. So we can defeat the giants with faith in the living God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I trust that all of us will be comfortable with this. All of us will be daring enough okay, to claim Jesus is for you. Amen. Then secondly, how is it possible when we believe is naturally a faith-filled process? Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to verse 14, talks about the experience of Caleb. Now Moses has sent him off when they come into conquest of Canaan. At age 40, Caleb went together with the people of Israel into, cross the Jordan into Canaan, and they fought and they claimed the land. And now we turn to this faith few person of Caleb. His faith drove him to fight courageously to defeat the people of the land. There were even giant Anakites. There were many people. They overcome 45 cities. They overcome large cities. They fought with many groups of people. And his fight was reinforced with faith in God Almighty. The first conquest was Jericho, miraculously seeing the hand of God at work. The second conquest was a failure because of the sin of the people. And later on, they continue on and praise the Lord. By this time, after 40 years of uh, fighting, they have gained much of the territory. For, all the, for every obstacle, he finds more faith to defeat. And he, has, uh, and he was one of these two spies that went in and believed and saw the land and came back with good report that they can defeat the Canaanites who were living in that land then, that promised land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a reality that there were numerous people and giants in the land. It was real. There were people like that. Okay? It was a reality that the people live in fortified cities. They have walls. That they have city walls. They have thick walls. They have chariots. They have iron horses and so on. They even have grapes to prove. The grapes need two persons to carry on the, on the pole. And they brought it back as evidence that the land was good, really good. That's why the land was so good that they can uh, sustain so many people. It was a fact. There were awesome people occupying that land. And they were asked by God to go and drive them out. 
It was a fact that people were hard to beat. The people were hard to beat. The ten spies were right. But they have not let God into the picture. It was challenging, it was hard. But they have left God out of the picture, out in, of the formula. They look at the fact, but not to God, who is above the facts of life. Our God is above the facts of life, praise the Lord. They have not come to acknowledge that God is above and beyond human. And when God gave the command to do it, God will accompany them. And all this has to be faith-filled. It has to be a process of faith. Caleb was full of faith, but the whole community didn't have that faith. And so he has to turn back together with them from going into the land. I check it out and it says that instead of 11 days from Egypt, to Canaan, only 11 days, they took a detour that lasted 40 years in the wilderness. And after that, only did they manage to enter the land. I think it must have been very frustrating for Joshua and Caleb and Moses and the people who have faith in God to live among a faithless group of people, a faithless community. It has really been very frustrating. It must have been very vexing to be among the people. Now we see this man in this passage here. He's 85 years old now. After the conquest of the land, he's 85 years old. Okay? And he was still full of energy and ready to fight on, to possess Hebron that Moses promised him. Hebrew, uh, Moses promised him that every place that you put your foot on, that will be your inheritance. And Hebron was located on very rugged terrain, on very hilly slopes. It was south of Jerusalem. Okay? It's a high, high country. Uh, record, he called it the hill country. It was really very hilly area. And Moses has promised him, Hebron was not under his control yet. He still has to go and fight. But he is already 85 years old. And he was ready to get it for himself. It was hard ground, but he wasn't even tired or even anxious about it, about that promise given to him. He was certain that he can do it with the help of God, as he has already seen that God has been with them, that they have driven so many tribes out of Canaan. He was still full of faith, and confident that God is going to deliver and give him and he can capture the city and the surrounding areas and make it his own inheritance. Now, why was Joshua and Caleb so full of faith? Why is that so? And the other people were so faithless. These two men were living among the people. They saw Moses who served the people by the power of God. They saw him. They saw the ten plagues that God sent on the Egyptians. Those were fantastic plagues that God sent on the Egyptians. Until finally, finally God sent the Passover angel that killed the firstborn of every person of Egypt and every animal that was in Egypt. Every firstborn. 
except those Israelite community that has the blood of the sacrifice that was smeared on the lintels of their door frames and their windows. They were saved. That's why they have the word Passover. When the angel of death came, they passed over the house when they see the blood on the doorposts. But to every Egyptian that has no, no, no knowledge of this, the angel killed the firstborn among them. They saw that happen in Egypt. They walked through the sea on dry ground. Fantastic, isn't it? They walked through the sea on dry ground. They drank waters from Mara. <coughs> when, the, when the water was bitter, when Moses did the miracle, the water turned sweet. And they came at Elim, where there were 70 springs. They saw the glory as God appeared before them in the wilderness. As they defeated the Amalekites, they collected the manna, they collected the quail that comes, that God was the one who provided for them, that kept them alive. They have bread, they have meat, and then they have water to drink. God was the sustainer of life for them. They drank water from the rock at Horeb. And the Amalekites were defeated as Joshua led the army. And when Moses lifted his hands, they win. And when Moses' hands were tired, they start to lose. But then they continued to support his arms. And then they won the battle. And Amalekites were defeated. And then they saw the mountain of God. The mountain of God that was blazing fire. There was deep darkness of clouds. And there were pearls of thunders and lightning. The ground shook. It was a fearsome sight to look at at the mountain. And these two men could not but sold themselves out to God. Totally sold out to God. They embraced God and surrendered totally to God. Their life were a total commitment because they know that it was an awesome God that they are serving and the manifestation of God was too big to ignore. Such happening has never happened in any of recorded history. And they totally believe that. And the question to us is today, how about us? How about us? How is our walk with God? How is our walk with God? People see and people believe. Do we see and do we believe? Are we committed no matter what? Because we have experienced His goodness in the past. We always confess and say that God is good. And in our experiences, we know that God is good. But let's press in. Let's dare to believe that God is always good. And we can claim more for our circumstances. When we commit our life of faith, God will match it up with His blessings. God will match up with His blessing. Our obstacles are steps to building faith. Yep. Let the obstacle be there. Don't pray that the obstacle will go away. Let it be there. Because 
If they go away, you will not build faith. You will not know what is faith. But when there is obstacle, your faith will be made stronger. And you can bring them down and know that God is on your side. And we can go stronger and we can go bolder in our walk with the Lord. This man will not defeated because they have seen they are not defeated because they have seen God. And God is working among them. And so whoever wants to have victory must exercise their faith. We have to raise our faith to gain our breakthrough. All right? It has to be a faith-filled process. Cannot be otherwise. All right? And thirdly, how is it possible when we believe it's naturally miraculous? It's naturally miraculous. It's not something that we can do or something that we can cook up. Okay? Pastor last week has touched on Martha. And I want to touch on Peter also. In Matthew chapter 14, okay, from verse 28 to 30, and in, uh, in John chapter 11, verse 38 to 40, it has to do with Martha and the raising of Lazarus. So in Matthew 14, 28, we saw Peter uh, uh, walk, uh, uh, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. And he wanted to walk on the water towards Jesus. So he asked for permission and it was granted. Jesus said, come. And so he went out into the waters. So when you come to Jesus with your challenges and your hardship, Jesus said, come. Peter asked for that and Peter got it. And Peter, he was a daring believer who asked something like that, the rest of the disciples in the boat did not ask for it and they were just sitting in the boat watching things happening. And this guy was impulsive guts to ask for such a thing and we know that Peter has that kind of a character. Okay, ask first thing later. Do first, say sorry later. Okay, he was walking for a moment on the water. But when he saw the wave and he saw the condition that he was in, he panicked and fear gripped him and he began to sing. And Jesus had to save him. You know, now Peter was a fisherman and he has been fishing in the waters in the Sea of Galilee and there was common grounds for him. And yet, he knew these are waters cannot support his weight. But he also wanted to experience the miraculous of walking on the water. But he let fear took over and then he sang. But it was very daring and Jesus said, come. So he came. After he came, he panicked and then he sang. And what happened to Peter? If Peter will continue to focus on Jesus, he would have walked on water towards Jesus. He started off with faith, but he allowed other factors to creep into his walk, to scare him. He stumbled, needed to be saved by Jesus. That was the incident of Peter. Last weekend, 
Pastor Yiming preached on the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And I think that we all remember that. Okay? And we can read that event in John chapter 11, verse 38 to verse 40. Lazarus was dead. He was in the tomb for four days already. And the fact that by then, four days, the body would have decayed. And with bacteria and with worms, even maybe eating up the body and producing the, the bad and rotten smell. Lazarus, for four days, was dead, dead. No more alive. Nothing can be done. Four days, dead. But Jesus said, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. Jesus said so, but Martha cannot believe that. It was too hard to believe such a thing. But Jesus said in verse 40, it can be done. It can be done. So the stone was rolled away and Lazarus came out alive. I trust that we are reading the Bible and we are believing on the work and word of Jesus. It may sound like very far-fetched. It may sound very impossible. But this is what it is. It has to be miraculous when God intervenes. When we read and live a life full of faithfulness, then the things we believe can happen and can happen to all of us. Believing the work and word of Jesus is believing in Jesus himself. Because in John 1.14, records for us that the word become flesh and live with us. And so the word of Jesus and Jesus himself is enormous. If there is no input from the word, there will be no faith in us. And then there will be nothing that will be happening. Jesus told Peter to come out of the waters and he told Martha to roll the stone away. Peter believed for a moment and then failed. But on Martha's side, she totally failed to believe. Can we focus on what God desires for us? His desire is that we live a godly and faithful life that honours Him. It has to be total commitment to Jesus. Okay? Not taking two boats at the same time. If we can live a consistent Christian life, then nothing is impossible that when God is on our side. Jesus gave Peter the permission, and today he has given us the permission to believe all things. So we can dare to believe. God will match our daring faith when we dare to believe to bring him honor. So that's why they say that there is a condition there. That it has to be God's will. And Pastor Ming has qualified to say that it is not a blank check. He has to bring honor to God. He has to bring blessings to people. And with all the complexity of human life and interplay of situation, we need to live a God-honoring life to bring back the miraculous as a witness for Jesus. 
as a witness. Let the skeptics be. There will always be skeptic. But for us, as far as we are concerned, we want to believe the miraculous and we want to see it happening in our life. So in our team verse in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus gave us the permission based on faith according to His will and to those who are faithful to Him. When we walk closely with Him, we will experience the changes. So let's go beyond Peter and focus fully on Jesus and not be like Martha who couldn't even believe. Losing faith, the choice is us. The choice is for us now. So in conclusion, and I want to remind us of the story of Bartimaeus. The blind man of Jericho. In Mark chapter 10, the story is there in verse 46 onwards. Now he was a blind man. He couldn't, he couldn't do much because he can't see. He can only hear. He could only hear the commotion. A lot of people are moving about. A lot of noises here and there. A lot of feet are shuffling here and there. And, 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 he, and somebody informed him that Jesus is passing that way. And he was desperate to want the healing for his eyesight. He was blind. The thing that he can do was to attract attention only. He do not know which direction Jesus will be passing and going. So, but then he was so desperate for his healing. So he called and probably he screamed as loud as he could to attract the attention of Jesus. People were telling him, shut up, you're making too much noise, you're disturbing us, we want to listen to Jesus. Why are you shouting and making so much noise? And people were saying that he was disturbing them, but he, but he ignored the disdain, and he called out louder and louder until Jesus called for him. He caught his attention. He got what he wanted because Jesus laid his hand on him and healed him and was able to see. Why this happened? Because he was determined and he was persistent. And that event affirmed the ministry of Jesus and brought glory to God. That God can do such things that eyes were opened. And I have mentioned a number of Bible characters today. I mentioned about the ten spies. Okay? They, they were overcome with fear. About Caleb, who was totally committed and faithful believer of God. Peter, the half-believing, and then he failed. Martha, the one that couldn't believe. And now Bartimaeus, the one who cannot do anything but became a winner. Hallelujah. Today is the same setting. Today we have a setting and we want to hear about the real story. We do have a real story to tell about the intervention of God in one of our sister's life. God is still interested in us and wants to intervene to enrich our walk with him. And so I want to invite Sister Betty to come. Betty Chow, she's going to come and she's going to come and tell us what happened in her encounter with God at our healing rally. Come, Sister Betty. Yeah.
Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Betty. Uh, today I want to praise God for His healing upon me. Uh, last uh, past six years, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer, and the symptom was blood in my urine. And I praise God that God has healed me, restored me, and preserved me for these past six years. But last Christmas, one week before Christmas, I found blood in my urine again. Looking at the colour of the blood, it really worries me. But I reminded myself of what God has done in my life. I reminded myself how God has healed me and journeyed with me. And uh, with that, I really have the comfort and the assurance from God again. And on Christmas Day, Pastor Rajan was here. I stepped up to the altar and I was prayed by him. And when he prayed, he told me that there's no cancer cell in your body anymore. It's only infection. And praise the Lord, on Christmas Day onwards, my urine was clear. No more blood found in my urine. I really want to thank God. Because looking at the colour of the urine, it really, really it worries me. What is inside me? But God is always faithful. God told me that if I fully trust in Him and surrender all that I have to Him, he will reveal His glory in my life. And I said, yes, Lord. This time, I will trust in You again. I will do the same. I want to feel You. I know You will deliver me. I know You will heal me. I know You will restore me so that I can glorify Your name to Your children. I want to be a living testimony for You, O God. So use me, oh God. I'm ready. I'm ready to go through whatever challenges that you have for me. And that perfect peace I feel was the same perfect peace the previous six years that I have from Him. And that was the assurance that I got from God. So I know God is not done with me yet. I still have a lot of things to do for Him. So today... Here, I really want to encourage brothers and sisters, no matter what challenge that we are facing now, just focus, truly trust in Him, and you will see His glory revealed in your lives too. So I just want to praise Him. I just want to glorify Him, for He is always good. And I want to dare to believe that I'm made whole, and I'm fully healed by Him. In His name, we mention the love and the name of Jesus. All will be well. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It has to be miraculous and it's still happening today. So I want to encourage you, church, the body of Christ. God loves you more than you know. And He wants to intervene in your situation. You dare to believe He will match up with that. 
of your faith and you're going to bring about miracles and blessing in your life praise the lord god loves every one of us and wants us to dare to believe him so we can really rest secure and dare to believe him great things that he was going to bless us and we're going to bring glory to him see we see how it is possible when we believe because we need to overcome the challenge of fear it's going to be faith-filled and it's going to be miraculous praise the lord and we're going to sing this song and we're going to encourage ourselves and after that we are going to pray yes